2: Hello there. It's showtime. What
1: is this trick-or-treat? Did I do that? I'm Sailor Moon, the champion of justice. Daddy would have gotten us Uzis. The power is yours! My name is Grace Jones. Thunder! Thunder!
2: Radical ones, welcome back to the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, and I am joined by everyone's favorite brother and mine for today's all new episode on 2004's A Dirty Shame. Welcome, David, and happy April Fool's Day. Well, I just want to say welcome, welcome to all of the
3: radical neuters and welcome, welcome to all the radical apparent sex addicts,
2: according to this movie. (gasps) Where do we begin, David? I guess this is perfect for April Fool's Day because I feel like I'm in a dream and I'm still in that dream. <laughs> almost like Coffee or, or Foxy Brown. Okay, so John Waters, David. So so John Waters is notorious. I don't even know where to begin with this, but
3: it's a John Waters film. It's a very high budget compared to some of his other ones. It's like this, there's there's a few high budget John Waters films. You have very well known movie Hairspray. You have a movie called Pecker with the guy from Terminator, right? For, what is this Ferguson? Something that
2: kid. Would you consider Cry one of the higher budgets too, yeah, I or is guess, that more yeah. mainstream? Well,
3: yeah, yes and no. And then, yeah, I would say Cry Baby. And then you have a Dirty Shame with Johnny Knoxville, Tracy Oldman, Chris Isaacs, and a cast of a lot of different people. So higher budget, still same crude, rude bizarre comedy yeah let's go into it because this is a there's a lot to cover in this movie definitely not for someone who is prudish by any stretch of the imagination as you would say because it's even it talks about it in the movie whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. from the director of hairspray and pink flamingos you're a freak it's shocking
2: ah! it's twisted Damn tires <laughs> it's deep prey. today harford road <laughs> it's a dirty shame
3: go ahead ryan use that
2: beautiful wikipedia
3: <laughs> Show that beautiful bean footage.
2: I actually donated to Wikipedia. Have you ever had that thing that comes up? All the I have. Time? It's like, I have too. You've been on Wikipedia five hundred times since we How about asked giving you. giving us a dollar. Time. How about giving us <laughs> yeah. a damn dollar? So I said, just to not see this again. Here's a dollar. <laughs> I gave them five. Oh, bless your heart. But yes, Wikipedia is fantastic. So picture it. 2002, gross-out pioneer John Waters has a hit Broadway show with Hairspray because it was adapted and turned into the hit that it was. Later on, it gets its own movie musical remake. But this was basically John Waters' time. Again, he tried to cash in with this success. And like David said, this is more of a high- budget. We're doing George Romero movies in a couple of weeks and we talked about how Day of the Dead to Land of the Dead and how Land of the Dead was a big budget. So I guess this is the equivalent of John Waters getting a budget after his success. It's also his final movie to date where he directed because it was it was a flop. On John Waters' fans as well, um, a lot of the times it is one of his lowest rated movies. Really? I love it. From what I'm getting, it's almost like like John Waters trying to be John Waters still, but not working? Well, it definitely was very...
3: There's a lot of things that could be said about it. Like, obviously, the crude humor, the vulgarity, the sex. I mean, honestly, the whole premise of the movie. I can understand that, but... I th- I think that people have to remember, especially John Waters fans, is that Divine is dead. Unfortunately, Divine died a while back, Well, actually quite a while back, passed away. So you're not going to be able to recreate like to me. Divine was like the epitome of like crazy drag, uh, like uh, you know what I'm saying? Like you know, people think drag because of these modern days because of RuPaul's Drag Race and stuff like that. They think oh, Mother Ru is the only. There was no RuPaul before Divine, and actually, didn't oh, you say didn't you say there that that even Ursula from Little Mermaid yeah. was based off of Divine. So to for yep. Disney to actually take notice of this crude drag queen that had this amazing following uh, to even use and it And as- <laughs> a singing career, too.
2: A singing career Divine. Then walk away from the greatest lover you have ever known. Yes, walk away. You're telling me that you can make it on your own by yourself.
3: Without my help. Mister, just made well and that was before auto-tuning god god love him yeah,
2: can you imagine the possibilities what would have happened if there was auto-tune back then <laughs> John Waters, I mean, you brought it up. John Waters has quoted as saying, it, had Divine, his friend, and frequent collaborator been alive, he would have portrayed the role of Big Ethel in this movie.
3: Yeah, that would have been perfect.
2: Uh, radical Ones, you know how we like to post clips in the episode to kind of give you a taste of what is to come or, you know, what we're discussing. I don't know how much I can get away with posting with this movie because there's there's a lot of um, dialogue that probably would get us cancelled on our on our YouTube page.
3: Viewer discretion is advised. But are we allowed to say, I see, I don't know. Like I, I typically, yeah, every once in a while we slip up and we might say the S word or do a few little things here and there, but we truly do try to, even though we're adults, obviously there's a time and place for, for vulgarity or for cursing and things like that. And this movie just personifies all that. It's hard to say. I would, I I definitely think there's lots of quotes that we should try to add in, but I don't know if we can, we'll get in trouble. So I don't know. I don't know how that works. The YouTube, the YouTube, advisory board. <laughs> yeah.
2: We see here that the word penis was used several times in this dialogue. You famously, David, showed me desperate living when I was a teenager and it changed forever for- changed my life. And I have to say, <laughs> now, I'm 30... 30- Ish, six years old 30 yeah I'm 30-something I, you know how I aged myself and or yeah, the, the, don't even know you aged yourself by a year 85 you know whatever age I am now 1985 I feel like I, I went back into a, a, a shell because when I watched this I was still shocked over things that were said and it's not like I'm a prude by any means but there's still things that John Waters can shock me at and <laughs> things <laughs> well, like things that know, are said well, and
3: you know what it is I, I used to show people John Waters Films, yes, I enjoyed the shock value of it and the ridiculousness of it. I used to show people John Waters films to broaden their horizons. Now I know that sounds so ridiculous because people are like, "No, you you teach people poetry and great works, and you see, and you show people great works of art to broaden their horizons." There's something to be said about this kind of bizarre subculture profanity sexual deviancy fetishes that people don't realize i'll tell you a funny story so recently i had a friend visit me back from new york and her son and his wife had moved here so they ended up coming to our house we had a wonderful time i i love my friend dearly it's been so long i was i just was beside myself because i just was so happy to see her anyway i found out later on she goes you know my son's wife has never been around a gay person before this is the first time she's very sheltered and that she knows of. she had such a wonderful time and such a great experience and it was funny because i said to her well you know we're not all like this some of us are really in the wild you know the gays in the wild are very vicious what and is savage that? It's like a
2: safari <laughs>
3: in so, their natural so my habitat. point thing is i used to show people these things to wake them up because in perspective to the fetishes and the bizarreness of john waters you know how they say it's it's your story her story and then there's the the truth i think between, that it yeah. gives people an opening because my own husband i always make fun of, i say you're so vanilla and i'm not going to go into details i love my husband we have a great life it's not that i'm like you're so vanilla i always tell everybody i'm willing to try something once twice maybe even three times depending but i i, I feel like it opens people's minds up to maybe my thought about having this fantasy or this thing is not so off overboard compared to what i can see in this movie or what other people come up with you know what i mean like often when we watch horror movies i wonder like even hostile let's say for example a movie hostile how can someone come up with the idea of torturing people like that tourists For someone to have to think about it means it's something that someone's capable of doing.
2: Great point. The human centipede. I still to this day say, oh. Centipede? I agree. Was that Reeby
3: Jackson song? When the centipede is hot? No, what was it? Which Jackson? Yeah, it was
2: Reeby, and it was The centipede is hot. And now here's a message from our friends at No More Late Fees.
1: Throw on your jinkas, Baby T's, and Doc Martens, grab your Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper, and join Jackie and Danielle on a journey to the late 90s as we reminisce about the movies of our youth on the No More Late Fees podcast. Don't forget your flannel and butterfly clips. And remember, be kind and rewind. <laughs>
2: So David, an uptight middle-aged repressed woman turns into a sex addict after getting hit on the head and she then falls into an underground subculture of sex addicts in suburban Baltimore. John Waters films are always set in Baltimore and Tracy Ullman is the main character of Sylvia Stickles. Johnny Knoxville is Ray Ray. Selma Blair is Caprice, Ursula Utters. Chris Isaac as Vaughn Stickles. And then we have Suzanne Shepard as Big Ethel and Minkstall, another frequent collaborator of John Waters plays Marge the neuter and then we, of course we have Frank Fat Blank Frank <laughs> So yes. And many other sexual deviants you in have this gay. Movie. You have gay
3: bears the three gay bears Mama Bear, Daddy Bear, and Baby Bear You have
2: Dave. Dingy Dave I am not Dingy Dave Officer Linda, Loose Linda The Mailman, Cat Ke- a cab driver. John Waters, of course, has this unique style, right? And it is not for everybody. I feel like this is a typical John Waters film in the sense that he always has these two characters. There's always the deviant other side of town, and they're always sex crazed, and then there's always the upside of town, conservative. There's no in-between ever in his movies, I swear. They're always the two extreme, and I found that again in this movie, too. This is his way. I mean, this is his, But this is John Waters' fashion. But
3: can it be true for, again, we don't discuss politics, but the political climate that we've had for the past two years, this very extreme on one side, and very extreme on the other side, and kind of nobody, nobody... No one wants to meet in the middle I'm losing my mind just a little why don't you
2: just meet me in the middle? Never in the middle. It's always you're grossed out or you're you're fingering yourself on a bus somewhere. So it, there's never an in-between. And he does this so much where you almost, you're grossed out and like freaked out a little bit
3: maybe. But you're almost, almost sympathize with the people that are deviants in a way. Because the people that are so conservative, they're so controlled. And they're the extreme, so extreme that they also say bizarre things. You're like, how did your mind, how did your mind come up with this? This is a part where the woman was screaming about people shaving their pubic areas and there's hair in the air. I mean... Who in their right mind comes up with there is can we say that can we say pubic hair
2: there's pubic hair yeah, in the a- air people are shaving themselves as we speak that was actually the woman that was one of the things that made me laugh out loud again 36 years old I was still shocked over some of the things said in this movie and I don't consider myself a prudent uh, by any means but I, know. I was like I oh. there, there's, there's another part where Big Ethel is telling
3: Dirty Dave because he, he works at the, like, the 7-Eleven convenience store or Circle K or whatever and he's picking at his butt I don't know and she's like are oh you, yeah are you going to yeah. the theater Dave he's like huh because you're
2: picking your seat oh by the way that's the whole thing in this movie concussions equal you becoming a sexual a deviant sex or a, a sexual sex apostle to this Ray Ray guy yes he's Johnny Knoxville con- Johnny Knoxville is a sexual healer he has disciples
3: he has one of every what's the word I'm looking for perversion so he has these different quote unquote disciples that you know are different kinds of perversions and they're looking to find the newest way to get off, without just to climax, to have an orgasm.
2: Sex addicts are everywhere, Sylvia. And pretty soon, Harford Road will be ours.
3: Ray Ray's a sexual healer. Come visit us, Sylvia. Your people are waiting and so you have this barrage of characters you have sylvia stickle who is sexually repressed her husband chris isaacs is masturbating in the bathroom because she won't even touch him
2: he's even when she does become this he never crosses over the threshold until I and mean, we'll get into it you know everyone in this movie ends up and the
3: becoming, terms that they you know, use like he, she grabbed his head and pushed it down into her crotch and she's like start whistling in the canyon feel like yodeling in the canyon. I've never heard of yeah, that- like this in my entire life. There are some that are, f- like, really but funny like But that. funny as hell. Like, I would say that again someday. Like, I don't know, as a joke. Go whistling in the canyon. There are some,
2: though, that I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I can't even say that. Everyone who reveals himself as a sex addict david we see the flashback on the side of how they they always explain well i was hit by the head and this happened so every character the mailman the police officers you see everything that the moment of impact when they become these sex addicts is it that easy because let me tell you i had a tv fall on my head from the closet a few years ago it was a mini tv and let me tell you nothing changed for me i got a bump on my head but (laughs) well that's all it takes. That's all it takes. These people just even got her daughter, Ursula Utters, was a maypole accident at 11 when her and her friends are 11 going around the maypole or whatever that thing is. And they she just whacks her head. So we're jumping along. So Sylvia gets hit. She
3: has a daughter named Caprice who goes under the name Ursula Utters because she has very, extremely, extremely large breasts. So
2: This is Selma Blair. I've never Selma seen a character as yes, a God bless breasts. her,
3: though. That's a whole other story when she, she has MS, right? And all these other things. God bless her. She's yeah. getting better. She has her locked up because she is out running the town and she she dances and strips for basically nothing, but money people throw money at her at, at, to a song she always plays. What's the song? Red Hot? My girl is red hot. Your girly diddly squat. <laughs> at this bar. Sort of scary bar place where Fat Frank goes, and all these other
2: sex addicts. So they lock her up. The Sylvia is anti-sex. Her mother's Big Ethel's anti-sex, anti everything. Perverts
3: are taking over this neighborhood.
2: They have her locked up. They have her with ankle bracelet on. She's. We see that there's a padlock. And in John Waters' fashion, it's always these 50s suburban neighborhoods playing these glorious, happy-go-lucky. I mean, you have tunes. you have crazy neighbors that are walking
3: around nude. Then you have these bears that move in that are like, where are the three bears? Like this very, like even the quote unquote gay culture of bears. I know that some of them go woof and stuff like that. But this is beyond. They're literally this kind of weird fetish. And their fetish is they cuddle and they get off on cuddling. Mm, And then you have neighbors who are so, what do you call it? That they're taking hedge clippers and cutting down plants because they have a shoot on them. They look like phallic. Like she's like, these are all growing dirty. These are growing dirty and she's cutting like it's just a plant that has shoots coming out of it It, this is people just have to see this if you're open to being a little bit offended but Kind of being, I don't know. Watch a movie because we can't really explain. I really couldn't explain. No, I'm just gonna
2: say we talked about Scream Queens a few weeks ago, and we mentioned then that this is not for everybody. Please disclaimer: this movie is beyond Scream Queens. This is this not is nothing. Scream Queens for... is nothing compared. to- That it looks like a, a Saturday morning cartoon compared to this movie. So please do not go into this. You're like, oh my god, they going...
3: pervert suggested we watch this movie. It's, it, it, listen. It, if you can read into it's funny, the humor this is david david is
2: to blame for this now
3: send all complaints to, to the, brother, radical, david. the radical retro rewinds podcast on anchor leave a message david's filth
2: to your point about the plants they are sexual because at the end the plants go phallic or erect the trees are vaginas there's breasts on trees everywhere you look but it's the point neighborhood is that it's is trying sex? to
3: know but what it's trying to say is that if you have that
2: mindset you can you'll see everything in a sexual manner grizel Elda Brown from *Desperate Living* makes a cameo in this. Well, that's the whole
3: thing about John Waters. He always he's he is very loyal, and his friends are very loyal to him. They always star in movies that he makes. Mink Stole has been in other things too, though. Oh, Mink Stole, yes, yes. But he always brings back people, no matter how old they are, or what they look like. He always brings them back into movies, which I think is great because it feeds into this whole John Waters bizarre universe. Where again, it all takes yeah. a, it all, for some familiar characters. Characters. It always takes place in Baltimore.
2: The Avengers of John Waters. Yeah, there's, his, there's, there's his different. So you
3: have all these different people, these deviant people living with neuter people. Like the neuters are basically people. They're just the more decent people. Basically, some are extreme. But do you think it's a metaphor for sexual frustration on the parts of the quote unquote neuters? Like, yes, there's these deviants that do these really kind of off the wall acts, but then you have people that are so sexually frustrated. Sylvia Stickles was so sexually frustrated, she wouldn't have him sex with a husband. I'd have sex with Chris Isaacs back in the day if that was the case. He could oh, sing to Chris me. Isaacs, he could so sing. Handsome. I-, I don't want to fall in love with you. He's
2: so classic, uh, almost an old school Ch- chiseled Elvis-y features. Thing. Yeah,
3: he has that. Yeah. I would have totally. So, why you wouldn't do that? And you have Big Apple, who is passing around flowers, going door to door, doing all these things to, like, for decency. What is What was the town called? Harper Road? Harford Road. Harford
2: Road for decency, and... It's divided into two camps. The neuters, the residents who despise anything even remotely carnal, and the perverts, a group of sex addicts whose unique fetishes all had been brought by accidental concussions. Why I think this movie didn't work in 2004 god the year i graduated high school and i mean not that we don't have this problem in some way today but john waters was still in that mental thinking of i'm gonna shock them with sex stuff and it's gonna be so shocking but by the 2000s it's madonna it's Madonna, the it's Madonna. Not, exactly, and she's still trying to up her game and, and do all these things, but there a, comes a point that, yes, you were a pioneer for this, and I do give this to John Waters, but even by the 2000s, it's not shocking anymore, you know? I mean, yes, he does come up with shocking things, but it's not as shocking.
3: I'm going to let you in on a little secret. As we age, this is something for some, anybody, whether you're listening to us and you're 18 or you're listening to us and you're 65, you don't know that you're old.
2: I've fallen and I can't get up. Oh no, don't say it. Your brain
3: does. No, listen, this is what I'm trying to say. Your brain doesn't know that you're old. And how do I, what do I mean that? We all slip into certain routines that we say we never would have we all quote unquote become our parents to some degree we used to be more open and then as life either beats you down or changes your opinions on certain things you become more set in your ways so like I I look at people like I look at people like Madonna and John Waters and just all different people and they're trying to recreate something that they did I'm not saying see Madonna always pushes this agenda oh it's because it's sexism it's not sexism Madonna yes it might be sex isn't for certain people certain people say that you should not be exposing yourself you shouldn't be sexy at a certain age i understand that that it could possibly be true it's just you're not giving us anything new i would love to see madonna if she can still sing i don't know even if she can't maybe she can just do stuff in the studio
2: no i mean she still has her i mean she still has her. madonna's voice, but... best
3: moments for me have always been most of her ballads I loved when she. Oh, did, father! I, I, I know when she did Avida that she wasn't Patty LaPone, or uh, but but she, I think she did a great job for what it was. And Patty LaPone hates her too for doing that. Patty LaPone <laughs> is so funny and ridiculous because there's this guy on TikTok that does impressions of her. <laughs> he does these. It's so funny. I have to find it. So anyway, you have songs like "Rain," you have songs like "Oh Father," you have songs "I'll Remember," you have "This Used to Be My Playground" from the League of Their so- Own. Something to remember: the ballad album. I remember just being in such awe when she did Dick the, Tracy. Like you, you remember? Yeah, I'm breathless when she did the live with Babyface. Take a bow. So Madonna, instead of trying to recreate your sex book from 1990, you're not with William Defoe anymore. You're not doing Body of Evidence. Why don't you Ooh, Why don't back, you go back callback. to your ballot? Why don't you do a ballot album? Why don't you do something unexpected? You know what the problem was? Is that, that when you're at a certain point, you don't know what to do because she wants to stay relevant. And to your fans who really love you and like you, you could still stay relevant. And I don't have a problem. I hope she gets as many facelifts as she wants. If I had her money, I would be rolling in peptides and everything else I could possibly put my body into to stay as youthful and happy and vitamin treatments and everything else. Good of for course. you. You made your money good for you but getting back to the whole movie now is that when we get older we don't always realize but you were shocked with john waters certain things that he did in this movie oh yes so you can't say that you were in shock but it's that what works today might not work tomorrow your audience has changed people have aged i mean i can tell you right now i love horror movies but i have to tell you that ever since i had kids my threshold for seeing certain things is too disturbing for me that maybe because i'm more sensitive because i have kids like i never watched svu and special because it's always about rape and child abuse and abductions and stuff and murder i can't watch it because it hurts my heart to even think that because they're based on real things you just change so my point is with this whole big conversation i came up with is i understand that people are kind of talking about his work he's just that's who he is he thinks that that's what's going to work most successful thing was guess what hairspray and hairspray had a message it was about racism and division and also about an overweight girl who yeah
2: was finally made it like she was she got the the guy because she was who she was so I found this a very product of the 2000s as well did you feel that this was a very 2000s comedy movie And again, I say that in the sense that it was John Waters' comedy, but it's definitely 2000s-esque. I feel like the 2000s had their own look and feel to their movies, and this was definitely a 2000s movie. My name is Ray Ray, and I'm here to service you let's just like maybe put little
3: vignettes of different things that went on so you have big ethel starting this whole thing for decency you have all these different deviants that are becoming more open and out about the way they do things big ethel is talking about decency and there's two gay guys shopping in the convenience store and she's like look at this homosexuals out in the open she goes
2: they eat life sperm oh yeah that i was like oh my she god. she says they eat said, life oh my god. before i forget in the convenience store when sylvia sees the bounty paper towel rolls and the the man has the tongue come out and it's a real person's tongue in between <laughs> the paper towel rolls i said oh my god man blah, blah, blah. she sees sex everywhere now so then they it turns out that they sylvia gets hit
3: in the head and and comes back to her senses because a hit a hit in the head will make you a deviant or a sex addict and a hit in the head and i I had never heard about sex addicts until i heard holly berry's husband at the time was cheating on her and he said he was a sex addict and i thought who the hell could cheat on holly berry she's gorgeous i met holly berry remember i put up i told you yes yeah,
2: her curtains
3: i put up curtains i used to bed, Bath and beyond and i was a customer service relations manager and all this stuff in beverly hills so yeah anyway i couldn't imagine who would cheat on her then they take ursula they give her prozac and they force her to go to a sex addict meeting i'm sylvia Come on up here and give
2: me some of that strength. I'm coming as
3: fast as I can. And you have all these different other deviancies and people talking. And it's just
2: beyond, beyond, beyond. What about when she goes to the old folks' home and Sylvia does the hokey pokey and puts herself onto a a water bottle and her um, nether regions? Vaughn's mother is a, yeah. Like, guys, we can't even say enough
3: about this movie. If you are, if you're up to fine crude humor and toilet humor and, I, I don't know.
2: Well, let's put it this way. The MPAA was asked what would have been needed to cut the movie down to obtain an R rating. They replied that if everything the MPAA objected to was removed, the movie would have been 10 minutes long after everything was cut down. So this was NC-17. Let's get to this. So
3: the, all these th- different things are going on and eventually it starts to come to a head where Big Ethel and Vaughn are looking for Sylvia and Ursula because they <sighs> ran off because they real, they, they, they confided. Each other, my name is Ursula Utters, and I'm a sex addict. And Sylvia goes, My name is Sylvia Stickles, and I'm a sex addict, and you're my daughter. She steals clothes <laughs> from the goodwill bin and
2: she's like, Oh my god. She has
3: she has was... sex with a with a with a bus driver because she's on the public bus, and an old woman goes, I see you, Sylvia Stickles, showing your pubic patch to the driver. Go downtown where you belong, you whore, <laughs> or something to that effect. You see, like this is the most, this is John Waters. I'm sorry, this is John. So anyway, you see them and then they go to the bear's house. This is funny too. They go to the bears, the three bears house, they're looking for Sylvia and Vaughn is so straight faced. He's still like a straight faced kind of a guy, even though he's not as prudish as the rest of them. And the woman comes out. Are you a tranny bear? She thought that Big Ethel was a, a, a trans person
2: because she's quote unquote manly to be a woman. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But this Which- is when, David, I thought this turned into everyone becomes sex zombies. Because they're running around and all the sex addicts are loose, David. By the end of the movie, Sylvia's knocking on doors to have sex. It is like the zombie apocalypse because all these sex addicts are running around trying to infect or get sex from other people, running after cars. Sylvia causes a car accident, and like a zombie, the two people come out of the car and she's attracted to. Them that and goes right to the car accident so i wrote and this she sits on the zombies. guy's face the man that just cut into her car he's bleeding it's a sex apocalypse and a matter of fact even mink Stull gets affected at the end too and and big apple's like no not you not you <laughs> i mean
3: you and then you have the most weirdest scene i've ever seen in a movie david hasselhoff oh, please tell me this is yes. david hasselhoff on a plane you have david hasselhoff sitting on a plane okay that must be flying above baltimore and you have him going to the bathroom you have him going number two in the bathroom and flushing it and then you see um, what what is what is a David, a, poop Dave, a David <laughs> Hasselhoff poop that apparently is being flushed from the plane, which I don't think that happens. I believe they put it in some sort of tank.
2: But okay. I hope to God, because there'd be a lot of stuff falling onto people. So
3: it goes, and as it's as it's flying to the earth, it's cooling down in the atmosphere, and then
2: frozen piece of poop hits Vaughn on the head, and he becomes a sex addict. I wrote a crap meteor from David Hasselhoff falls down from Earth. It looks like it hardens into a meteor. Then you have Big Ethel dies from shock she can't take anymore because
3: a guy pooped in her bag and she couldn't get to her heart medicine. Oh,
2: that was terrible! That then was
3: you have terrible. her in a, in a hearse, and you have Ray Ray, who is a sexual healer who apparently has powers. Almost They're trying to make him almost like a perverted jesus which is kind of a little tasteless for me as bad as everything else yeah yeah and then matter
2: of fact he has a snake penis
3: Ooh. (sighs) so he brings big ethel back to life and she proceeds to start fooling around with the old mortician in the back of the hearse i'm gonna tell you something i saw an interview with the actress that played big ethel And she seemed visibly, she was crying and upset after doing this movie.
2: Yes, that's one of the notes, David. Suzanne Shepard first read the script while on a train to Baltimore. After discovering the film's content, she became quite upset and did not want to do the film. It was only after meeting John Waters that she agreed to play Big Ethel. Especially for someone in 2004, at her age, this has to have been a shock. But she, when she was interviewed
3: about the movie, she was, I think she feels like she ruined whatever legacy she had by doing such a well listen it, it stopped John Waters legacy too this was the last movie he did there's something to be said like I she visibly was she had a visible reaction to when she was interviewed about doing have done the movie she looked she was gonna break down and cry that hurt my feelings because I felt bad but she did obviously take the part it's like me going and doing something and then feeling sorry you, you did but there are some things it. that you're I think while you're in it you're like
2: okay well okay. it's a
3: paycheck <laughs> hello you know actresses and actors that unless you're like Brad pit at a certain age they discard you anyway so to be able to do a feature film even if it is a, a you know a John Waters film to be, get paid it's pretty nice
2: what about the, the term I'm not a prude I was married to an Italian did you like that quote <laughs> yeah. well we are well, I'm Italian
3: and Irish, but I, I, I'm not on the level of a sex addict, but let me tell you, I don't need it. I don't need to get hit on the head, I'll tell you that. You have all these people have become sex addicts now, and you have Ray Ray, the sexual healer played by Johnny Knoxville, says, like, basically, summons
2: Sylvia. Who choose- aged terribly. This sounds so superficial. superficial of me, but he looks like Jamie Lee Curtis now. Activia. Maybe he's eating Activia. Maybe I he's mean, eating he Activia. To that tongue. That tongue in this movie. Oh, my God. Ray, Ray,
3: tell Sylvia to to perform this the new sex act that's going to get everybody off, and they bump heads. Like she's the she's the quote unquote thirteenth disciple, which again is um, sort of religious mocking, but at the same time, if you're not religious, I guess
2: it doesn't really phase you. But she's the thirteenth disciple, so she knocks heads with Vaughn in this month of Easter. Thank God we're doing Bunicula later on in the month. <laughs> it's... Mm. Anyway, what did you think about the ending as well with this bumping the heads but Ray-Ray finishes into the sky and it rains down? Rain on, the on me, Lady
3: Gugon, Lady Gaga. She might, need <laughs> it really
2: honestly, though,
3: you might need some Gugon after
2: this. It shoots up and it hits the camera, and, and like David, even, even
3: even David Hasselhoff, everyone's hitting their heads together and orgasming basically at the end this whole like sexual experience and then the people that are left like this y- this couple who was not anti gay was very like open they th- dis- they said they're going back to where they came from because this is horrific they don't even know what to do so you, you all the people that are not perverse they run away they leave the zombies like you said the zombie apocalypse the sexopolis, and they run away
2: I really think this became a zombie op- it spread like that it was so spreadable all you needed to do was hit someone's head and there you go you spread the virus <laughs> (laughs) The scene where Sylvia changes her clothes in the back of the cab is based on a true story. John Waters once had to change clothes in the back of a cab on his way from the airport straight to a book signing. Are we sure he wasn't trying to hit on the cab driver? You never know. In the line of John Waters films, David, I'm assuming this isn't one of your top ones, but it is. <laughs> it's something else. It's something else. Was it a dirty shame, or would you have liked his legacy to end sometime in the in the eighty? Listen,
3: I part of the creative process is failing, creating and failing, creating and failing. So I liked it. I mean, it is what it is. It's part of John Waters' collection. And actually, I have a collection of John Waters' films, including you this, do. Yes, it's called crudely yours love john waters it's like his collection i also have the Marilyn. doesn't it have, the yes, it it have the smell yes it smellovision smell-o-vision card yes it smellovision for oh god polyester? polyester the movie polyester it is it's a it's a genre just like any other genre it's, it's he created his own kind of thing it's like a sub a subculture genre su- su- yeah, sub- so sub-culture, i mean, listen, if if you're not easily offended if you like sexual humor crude you like a little bizarre you want to get totally taken back by something maybe we're neuters right now thinking that this is so bizarre but it is a bit much considering it's not a pornography or anything like that. Considering all that, it is—it has pushed the envelope, um, very much so. So, listen—if you've watched John Waters' films before, you know all the ones like Divine. In just, you can watch this and you'll be fine. But yeah,
2: this ain't Hairspray. This no, this is not. I'm not talking spray. Hairspray.
3: I'm talking like Pink Flamingo, Desperate Living, any of those type of things. Then you can watch this movie. Just not even Serial Mom, right, David? Serial no, no, Mom. Oh my was God! Serial Mom was also a good movie too. See again, so he did have movies that were commercially successful aren't they?
2: Hairspray, cereal, commercially successful, definitely. But also I think they were more mainstream in a way, although it still held John Waters. Oh my God. Kathleen Turner, when she's like pussy willows, those, those plants you have or whatever she
3: says. And she kills the woman who has on white shoes after labor day. Was it Patty Hearst?
2: Yes. After labor day.
3: (laughs) She goes, that's changed. People can wear them. No, they can't.
2: You can't wear white shoes after labor day. That's
3: not true anymore. Yes,
2: it is. Didn't your mother ever tell you? Uh, ah. Now you know. No,
3: please. Fashion has changed. No. It hasn't. That would be me back in the day when I thought that I had to do everything perfectly. I had, everything had to be everything had to be in its place and everything had to be symmetrical and, and even and <laughs> everything had to be monochromatic and matchy and everything else. Now I'm like, can I go to the bathroom by myself without my kids crawling and scratching on the door and opening it?
2: Now you're trying to avoid things falling on your head from the sky, including David Hasselhoff's meteor crap. Ugh. There's also a song at the
3: bar that Ursula dances
2: at that I love. It's
3: about. It's. It's a. It, the oh, the guy with oh. you. Were you born an ass? Oh, you were born a blunt. Or did you work at it your whole life because you're an ass? Late tonight.
2: There's also that cat song about petting her. Pussy My cat. pussy cat was scratching
3: out the back door. scratch so hard, poor pussy got sore. Sore pussy. That's what the song sounds like. That's a lot. Really, that's a, that's that's a real do. song. That wasn't some he made up. That was a real song in that fifties esque vein. So
1: wet, hot, bald, free, pussy.
2: Just a friendly little. cat radical ones in the future if we ever do more john waters-esque films i feel like that should be like a patreon exclusive after dark kind of thing where we could actually play the clips not that we have a patreon but it is in the making of course eventually maybe that might be one of the things we tackle on there because there's some things we can say honestly we're not normally vulgar people that's not our normal lives but there's a time and place for everything and so
3: like i actually discussed this with ryan about doing radical after dark which would be more like the gloves are off we can talk and any no, no topic is off off the table however I really didn't, again, we're not political people. We have our own views obviously about certain things. We don't tram it down someone's throat. We never wanted to. Our whole thing about this whole podcast for us, and I think I could speak for Ryan, was one, to share our stories, our childhood, our loves, and to spend time together because we live on opposite coasts. So it was a great opportunity to do that as well. But I also also think sometimes things like this movie could have been like a radical after dark movie because we would be able to play more clips. We'd be able to, I, I have no problem. Um, I don't, if I don't use the F word commonly in my language, I have no problem saying it as a movie quote because I'm not the one. Right,
2: who... right, you're quoting yes. I'm exactly. quoting you're a movie,
3: quoting... I'm not the one even like, I don't have a problem with people cursing per se, I just, as long as I are around in my kids they have plenty of time to grow up and, and be exposed to that kind of thing, but yeah, I often thought about it, I wonder, listen, we need people to comment on anything, not just if we're gonna do Radical After Dark. <laughs> we
2: really have been thinking about, and it probably would go on the Patreon, because like we said, that's some content that to risque for our normal, beautiful, kind, radical ones. Which actually leads us to, you could reach David at Universal Appeal 2020, all one word, and the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast, one word, all on Instagram. We're also on YouTube, where you can find video forms of the podcast and much more. If you would love to leave a review for us on Apple, Spotify, or many other platforms, we would love that, as well as that. That voicemail feature on Anchor FM. We will play your voicemail. We'll comment on it. Even if you just want to say hello, we would love to hear from you. We're back every Friday with new episodes. We have The Phantom from 1996 with Rob next week, followed by Banicula, the ABC television special. And then we have Nothing But Trouble, which David, Rob, and I are actually tackling all together. So you get one of those trio episodes where all three of us come together to discuss a film and then finally of course double thundercats a last friday of the month
3: don't be a neuter leave a comment tell him big ethel sent ya
2: bye radical ones